0: Well good morning Oakwood family. So glad you're here today. We are starting a new series today called The Church Defined as we look at who we are as a church versus who we need to be. Now let me explain a a little bit about that this morning before we get going is you know so many times we kind of as churches have this tendency to kind of drift with the culture. Uh, Sometimes you know churches will change change things and, and we should always be looking at our methods. We want to reach the next generation of Christ followers right and so So sometimes our methodology, the way that we do things, those should change. In fact, churches that don't change sometimes have really dire results. But something that will never change in the church is the truth of God's word, the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as we get into this series and as we're focusing on today about the truth, uh, we are going to learn to do church God's way. For some of us, that means we need to unlearn things we've learned before, so for some of us, we might we might need to be reminded to relearn some other things, but as we begin this series today, we're going to be looking at the book of Titus. And so if you have your Bibles, you're welcome to turn there to the book of Titus in the back of the New Testament, right after First and 2 Timothy, book of Titus, where we're going to be. Now, we're going to be in Titus for several weeks as we study this together. Now, here's the cool thing about doing a series like this, uh, because you're turning to Titus every week in about, like, Four or five weeks, your Bible will just turn there automatically. You'll just open it, just fall open to Titus because we because that's where we've been. But as always, you're you're welcome to follow along in our app. If you download the Oakwood app, you can go to your app store, just search Oakwood Enid, and then there are sermon notes and it has all the scriptures and all the bullet points and, and all that for you. But the main thing we want right now is we want you to engage the word of God. Allow God to speak to you this morning. So whether you follow along in a Bible, follow along the app, maybe you're taking notes there in your bulletin um, in the space provided there, we just want you to engage and hear from the Lord God this morning. As we talk about the church defined, how do we do church God's way? How do we keep the main thing the main thing? Now here's a little background uh, before we read the text this morning from Titus chapter 1. So the Apostle Paul, one of his missionary journeys, had planted some churches on the island of Crete. And these churches on the island of Crete were growing. The gospel was spreading like wildfire. There was a lot of great things happening for the kingdom of God in these churches. And the Apostle Paul wasn't able to return there. And so what he did is he appointed a man by the name of Titus to kind of be the senior pastor over these churches. And the book that we're going to be studying over the next several weeks actually is Paul's letter, the Apostle Paul's letter to this young man in the faith, Titus, and he gives him instructions on how to do church God's way. Hey, this is how we're going to build these churches. This is what scripture commands us to do so that we can be pleasing to God. And so when we're looking down at a church, we're saying God is pleased with his bride, the church. And we're going to be looking at this uh, for the next several weeks, and I think you'll find it a tremendous blessing. Now, we're going to look at a lot of different things with the church, because if you read the book of Titus, you'll see that it covers a lot of different things. And we'll be just encountering those as we go through the text each and every week. Now, I do want to encourage you to do this, if you've never done it. Read the entire book of Titus. In fact, you can read it today. You could read it through this whole series. Let the Word of God dwell in you richly. And how you do that is by reading and studying it out. Because here's the deal. The Word of God changes lives. It changes how we think. It changes how we act. It changes our relationships with each other. And it changes our relationship with God Almighty and how we interact with Him. So I just want to encourage you in that. The other thing is, I'll let you on a little hint. It's only three chapters. Okay. It's not like, I know some of you are like, Titus, how many chapters is that thing? And you're like, oh, it's just two pages in my Bible. So I think I can handle reading. And you, isn't that great for bragging rights? That's like Christian bragging rights right there. You go around, yeah, read the book of Titus. Read it 12 times the last six weeks. Yeah, I sure did. And people are like, wow, because, you know, they might think it's 100 chapters. You're like, no, that's Psalms. But, you know, this is, this is Titus. So, uh, But I want to remind us to start today by saying this, the church's primary mission is to spread the true gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the church's primary mission, is is we are to be a beacon of light and a beacon of hope to the world to spread the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Gospel meaning good news, about who? About Jesus coming into the world as the Son of God. And that is our primary mission. That is the primary mission of every church. That's the primary mission of the churches here in Crete That Paul is writing to Titus about but here's the interesting thing as these churches are young churches and as they're they're growing and as all churches grow it seems like churches many times face a very strong temptation and that temptation is to dilute the message of the scripture to actually dilute the message of the Bible there's a couple reasons that I think people and churches do this. It's like, hey, we don't want to offend anybody or anything. I know there's other reasons, too, that sometimes as a church grows uh, bigger, it has like maybe more of a presence in the community or, or more of a platform online. And it seems like a lot of times the larger the church, the more the criticism. That as churches tend to grow, they can't tend to come over more criticism from the world. Oftentimes, people attack churches because they take a strong stance on the Word of God. And sometimes the Word of God offends people. We're in an, unseason, in, in an unprecedented season as God's church. Because there's a lot of people today that were saying, hey, we, were in, we are now living in a post-Christian culture. And I have just read just recently that some of them are now beginning to say we are now in an anti-Christian. Christian culture that that's what that's what's ahead of us it used to be friendly to Christianity now we're in a post-Christian culture headed toward an anti-Christian culture so it is so important for us to know and to be able to stand on the absolute truth of God's word to read it and study it and understand it as it is written and to understand concepts like the fact that Jesus is the only way to heaven There's no one that comes to the Father except through him. Things that we need to understand in in Scripture about sin. Calling sin, sin, when the Scripture calls it sin. Understand that God created the world. Understand that there's unpopular things in the Bible that the culture would say, hey, wait a minute. In fact, sometimes our culture is radically opposed to some of our Christian ideas. But here's the fact, folks, is that God gave us his word and God gave us his truth so that we could stand firm on that. And I believe growing and healthy churches have to constantly remind their people and remind their leaders to stand firm on God's truth. So let's read the text this morning, starting with Titus chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to further the faith of God's elect, that's, that's God's people, the Christians, and their knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness in the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time, and which now at his appointed season he has brought to light through the preaching entrusted to me by the command of God our Savior to Titus, my true son in our common faith, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. You see, as he begins this letter, it's really interesting. When you start a letter and you're trying to get someone's attention, it's interesting that there's some emphasis here. If you read that over and over again, it seems like there's this theme of of truth. And there in verse 1, it talks about their knowledge of the truth and all of the effects of that knowledge of the truth and what it brings to life in the body of Christ. So I want to begin this morning by saying this. God is the source of all truth. God is the source of all truth. You are not the source of all truth. And somebody say amen. 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 All right. Okay. Your friend, the influencers online, the U.S. government are not the source of all truth. Okay. God is the source of all truth. I'm getting some amen, so I'm assuming some of you are like, hey, yeah. I actually believe that. I can buy that. This is the truth of God's word, and God is the source of all truth. It says there in verse 2, it's very interesting uh, how how Paul says it. He says that God does not lie. (laughs) But we read not only in Titus, but throughout Scripture, that God is truth. You know, our country is in a time of division over all kinds of cultural things today. You know, we we fight a, a war on terror, which really at its core is a philosophical and religious belief system that is different these people don't believe the same as these people we fight wars right now and we're divided over all kinds of morality issues and we we fight an epidemic of pornography people are struggling with abortion and 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 what does scripture say about that domestic partnerships gambling I mean you run the you run all through our culture there are a lot of people that have a lot of questions about a lot of issues and most people, I think, are actually to this point in life where they're like, I want to know what is right and what is wrong. Would someone just tell me plainly what is right and what is wrong? And our culture would say to you, well, it's different for everyone. It's different for everyone. Because what makes you happy, that is what really matters in life. It's just what whatever makes you happy. And so your truth, have you, have you heard this terminology, words like this, your truth? What do you mean your truth? There's either truth. Or there's non-truth. There's a truth or a lie. There's not like your truth, my truth, their truth, your sister's truth, your brother. It's like everybody has their own truth. The culture today would say yes. What might be true for you is not true for me. And yet the scripture is clear that God is the source of all truth. But some would say no, 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 it's completely relative. It's whatever makes you happy. Whatever feels good to you. If it's happy in your life, then it must be right. And if it's unhappy in your life, then it must be wrong. Some people feel good when they're drunk and they're high. And they love to drive when they're drunk and they're high. That makes them feel good. And we would all say, oh, wait a second, man, you could take a life, you're you're breaking the laws of the land, But, but maybe that's their truth. You can see how morally this can get spun out. You can see why we get to the point where we have to ask the question: Does the truth matter anymore? Because if it's all relative, it's all feel good and do whatever is good for you, and we all set our own standards, we all set our own rules, then the morality and the truth of the word of God is continually is continually on the outs. Because what? Because we're being honest, we've set up ourselves to be God. Because we're calling the shots. But that's not the truth. Some of us, it's not just relatives. Uh, Some people would say, hey, just let popular opinion, let that bear things out. You know, whatever the culture says, just let the, just let the popularity online, let those win things out. Some would say let the most intelligent people, let them tell us what's right and wrong. Let, let, let Hollywood, you know, let Hollywood show us what's right and wrong. Or again, let, it's, let the U.S. government tell us what is right and wrong. No, let us just stand on the truth of God's word and let the Bible tell us what is right and wrong, since the God of the universe who created each one of us is the one that wrote the book. And because he's omniscient and all-powerful and all-knowing, Let us listen to what he says. because sometimes it feels like we might be moving the right direction in life, but we're not. And we try to make excuses for it. Sometimes we even try to make excuses for our sin. It's like this, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that seems right to a man. It seemed right, but its end is the way to death. You may not be able to think right off the top of your head that you've ever experienced that, but you have at some point, I think. I think we all do. There was a way, I made some decisions, and it seemed right. Now, I didn't read the Bible. I didn't understand the Bible. I just wasn't lining up with the Bible. And I wasn't lining up with the truth of Scripture. And so, man, yeah, that was, but it seemed right. It didn't seem like a bad thing. It didn't seem like a bad thing. But in the end, it it didn't lead to any good things. And maybe at that point is when we can nod and say, yeah, God, God knows. God is truth. Do you remember what Jesus, uh, when he was talking to Pilate, what he told Pilate in St. John's Gospel, uh, chapter 18, 37, he said, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Wow. Everybody on the side of truth listens to me. And I read that, and then I have to ask the question, uh, Am I on the side of truth? Are you on the side of truth? Are you determining your own truth? Or are you allowing God to be the source of all truth in your life? Whose side are you on? But here's something that's good news for us, especially if you're a Christian in God's church. If you are a member of the body of Christ, you have a definite source of truth that's always right and does not change. Now that's something you could build a life on. That's something you could build a foundation on. Uh, we, we talked about this a little bit last week about you know the wise man that built his house on the rock. And you remember the difference was they heard the word of God and did what it said. It's like a wise man who builds his house on the rock on the foundation of truth and the principles of scripture, the absolute truth of scripture. Those lives that are built on that, when the, when, when the winds come and the storms come and the waves come, it stands firm. But do him. Who hears the word of God and does not do what it says, does not put it into practice. It's like a foolish man that builds his house on sand. And when the waves and the rains come, the walls and the foundation of that house built on sand fall to a great crash. Why? Because it wasn't built on the truth. It wasn't built on the rock. It wasn't built on Jesus Christ. And so these are truths in scripture that you will want to build your life on. In fact, if we were getting to the core of the issue, everyone is looking, everyone is looking for truth. We are are truth questers at more more today than we've ever been in our life. So that means, and leads us to number two, that the truth is of utmost importance. It's of utmost importance. I think that's why it's right here at the beginning of this letter. Is the truth is of the utmost importance. You may say Why? There's, there's lots of different reasons. Truth gives us meaning to life. I mean, the truth of Scripture gives us meaning to life. It gives you something to base your life on that is real. It's not fake. It's not relative. It does not change. It's something you can put as a foundation and build your life upon. And there are Christians in this room that have taken the Word of God and put it into practice and have built their lives around it. And these are people that you would look up to in the faith. Because when the storms come and the bad news comes and people come against them, just, just circumstances in life seem to come against them, they stand firm because they built their life on the rock. And if you asked them, what is the, what is, what is the meaning of life? What's the most important thing in your life? They would say, it is God Almighty. And not only for this life, right? Not only for the time that we have in this world, but also the hope of eternity for the life it is to come another thing another reason why the truth is of the utmost importance is that truth leads to godliness truth leads to godliness look what it says there in verse one it says their knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness in other words if you know the truth of scripture it enhances your character this is a very attractive quality to a lot of people This is why a lot of business owners love Christians running their cash store and running their business. It's because if those Christians have the truth in their life and the truth enhances their character, then it leads to godliness. And maybe they won't steal. And maybe they'll treat customers with kindness and care because the truth of God's word will lead to godliness. So many times I think it's really hard for you to read the truth of God and to know what the Bible says and then to go your own way and do your own thing. I mean, we've probably, if we're all honest, it's probably at some point in our life we have all experienced this. Where we know the truth of scripture, we know what it says. We know what we're supposed to do and yet we choose to do something on our own terms, our own way. We go off, we spin off. Or we just decide, you know what? God doesn't know as good as I know, and so I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to establish the truth. It will be my truth, and my truth may be different than your truth, but it is my truth. All of us were in church right now, and some of you keep shaking your heads like, Phew, "That's not right." But you have to live it out. It's easy for us to say, "Amen." It's not our heads in church. It's a whole other thing to live it out but I'm telling you the more truth you have in your life the harder I think it is to not live to the truth of Scripture another thing another reason why truth is of the utmost importance is that truth provides hope for eternal life it provides the hope we have for eternal life look at the beginning of verse 2 in the hope of eternal life which God who does not lie promised before the beginning of time for those of us that call Jesus our Savior and Lord, we can have hope of eternal life. And trust me, you get to the end of your life, you wanna know that truth and you wanna be settled in on that truth. You wanna have your life and your foundation built upon that truth. I love 1 John chapter 5, 11 and 12. I call it my assurance of salvation passage. 1 John 5, 11, and 12 says this, and this is the testimony. When you give testimony, you do what? You're testifying to truth, right? If you testify in court, they have your hand. I still think they do this. Uh, maybe, Maybe not in today's culture, but I think they still do this. They put a Bible out. You put your hand on the Bible and you swear to tell the truth and nothing but the truth, so help you, God. This is the truth that you can build your life on. This is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son with a capital S, Jesus. Whoever has that relationship with the son, whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. You see, if you have that relationship with Jesus Christ as the Son of God, you can have a promise of eternal life. And that truth is something that you want to know that you want to have settled in your life before you reach the end. And the truth of Scripture provides hope for eternal life. Our prayer is God's church, is that everyone here would make that choice to give your life to Jesus Christ. Another thing that's another reason why truth is of the utmost importance is that truth deepens affections. It deepens affections. Notice how he, he talks to Titus there in verse four. He says, To Titus, my true son in our common faith. That is a term of endearment. To call someone your son. Because if you didn't know, Titus is not actually Paul's son. But Titus is like a son to him in the faith. That is that affection. That is that bond they have through the truth. Because they both stack hands on the truth in Jesus Christ. And as Paul is appointing Titus here to go to these churches and establish these churches and to to teach them to do church according to the truth of Scripture, do church God's way, as he's doing that, he calls him, he is my son in our true common faith. He is my son. I think so many times truth deepens affection because we have so many superficial relationships in our lives today that are not really built on the reality of truth. In fact, we have a tendency to not speak the truth to each other. Amy and I were just talking about this last night. We were driving back from a, a volleyball tournament. We're like, you know how you try to soften blows in conversations and you just don't, you just don't tell the truth? And then if someone tells you the truth, like, like the whole truth and you're, you're like, wow, they just spoke truth in my life. Even if it hurts a little bit, like maybe it's it's admonishment, maybe it's a little bit of correction, maybe it's a warning. Sometimes we stand back, we puff up in our pride, we're like, oh man, I can't believe they said that. Who are they? Who are they to say something like that? But if they speak the truth, if they do it in love, isn't it amazing how your affection, it might take a moment, but isn't it amazing how your affection can kind of grow toward that person? Because they cared enough to speak the truth. So many times we try to water down the conversations and try to make things, you know, soften the blow. I wonder sometimes if we just need to speak the truth that we could be brothers and sisters in Christ, in God's family. Last thing that I think of when truth is of the utmost importance, why is it, is that truth increases positivity. When you know the truth, you can have a positive outlook on life because you know where you're standing. It is not muddy for you any longer. Generally speaking, it seems anyway, that the older we get, sometimes the crankier we get. Anyone ever experienced that? Ever thought that? Ever maybe caught yourself in that? And it doesn't matter if you're getting older, like you're in your upper 20s, your upper 40s, up your upper 90s, that it just has this tendency as you age that you might get a little more negative about things. Our outlook in life tends to be negative and we focus on the negative. But here's the truth. As Christians get older and hopefully are studying the Word and the Word is in them richly and they can become mature and more Christ-like, they become more graceful, and more peaceful, and they become some of the most genuinely kind, compassionate, and positive people that you know. And they know it because the truth of their life is put in a hope that is greater than anything else in this world can provide. Their joy and their positivity is not based on any circumstance, it's just based on their foundation in the truth of Scripture. Truth is so important for our world today. If you didn't think it, maybe that's what you've been searching for in your life. Some of life's greatest questions are answered in the truth of God's word. Third thing this morning is the truth carries with it a responsibility for us as Christians, especially, that we must share it as it is. We must share the truth of Scripture as it is. Paul said, said it, that Jesus brought his word to light. Through the preaching entrusted to me by the command of God our Savior, there in verse 3. But we must remember that it is God's message, it is not ours. We are not to water it down, we are not to change it in any way. I don't know if you knew this, but when you put a piece of mail in the mail, did you know you actually are you have a contract with the United States Postal Service? And that when you mail a package or a box with UPS or FedEx or any other courier, that, that when you actually do that, you actually are entering into a contract with that company. Now, here's what's interesting. Let's say that you write a letter. You decide, hey, I'm going to write a letter to my Uncle Jethro. Uncle Jethro, I going not talk to him, I'm going to write him a letter and I'm gonna sell going to say this and go on in my life and say this and do this and, and love so-and-so. And what do you do? You fold up the letter, right? Then what do you do next? You've got to put it... In an envelope, right? if You put it in the envelope. Then what do you do next? You seal the envelope. Why do you seal the envelope? Why don't you just leave it open? Well, because you don't want the letter to change. You don't want somebody to get the letter out and be like, you know, Uncle Jethro, you're an old toot and I hate you, you know? And you, I don't cause problem. That's awkward at the family reunion, you know? It's like, we don't want to do that. And so, you know, whatever you write, maybe you're mailing a package, whatever you have in that package, you want to arrive, right? You know, if you're sending your, your kids some, some college goodies, it's got chocolate chip cookies like this and a couple 20s, you don't want them to get like, they got a package of toilet paper. What in the world? What is, that's not what I said. And you're actually, the USPS is actually contractually obligated to deliver your letter in the form that it is. They're not allowed to open it and read your letter to Uncle Jethro. Oh, no, I'm going to change this part. I'm going to change this part. And to us, I know, it's, it's, you guys are like, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, duh, okay. But here's the thing. That's what we do as Christians Sometimes with the truth of God's Word. We try, we try to edit it. We try to change it. We try to make it fit us. I mean, Scripture is so clear on so many things. It seems like one of those areas we really struggle with as a, as a culture is sexual immorality. I mean, man, have we tried to blur the lines there. I mean, the Scripture is so clear about that. And yet we're like, oh, you know, it's okay. Because if it feels good. It might be right for me. That's my truth. And yet you see how it becomes a slippery slope. And we're called to stand on the word of truth, and if we call ourselves Christians and God's people, then we have the responsibility to share it as it is, to deliver the message of the gospel and the impact of the truth of Scripture as it is. We're not to shy away from the truth. We are called to speak the truth in love, Ephesians four fifteen. Speak the truth in love. So in light of that, it comes and it made me think of this question: Why don't we share the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? I mean, we're Christians, right? We got the Bible. We got the source of truth. A lot of us know it. We know what it says. So why don't we share the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? And I believe Paul knew. Titus was going to struggle with this, even with those new Christians, and even with those people back on Crete a long time ago, this was going to be an issue for them as well. Part of it, I think, is that we crave acceptance. We crave human acceptance, and we don't like to seem out of touch, and we don't like to seem like we're going against the culture, and so we have this tendency to want to lower God's standards to water down his truth so that we can keep our perception or our persona to our people, a certain image that we want to carry with people. God may say, this is what you need to do. This is how you live. This represents me as people. This is the truth of what's going to best serve your life. And we say, ah, but, and if I feel like, and, oh, what about the, you know, sometimes I don't think God knew God is out of touch. God does not know and we find out that we have lowered the standard. God said, hey, I want you to do this. I want you to live this way. And we say, oh, oh no, no, God didn't mean that. God, God didn't mean that. God, it's, it's down, down here somewhere. We have the tendency to, to water it down. Some of us have the tendency to do that because we like people saying, oh, he's so loving. He's so accepting. That's like our house, highest value is to be Tolerant. We also think sometimes that not sharing the, the whole truth will somehow broaden our appeal to the world as Christians or as God's church. There was actually a denomination that did that about 20 years ago. They, they, they decided, hey, some part of Scripture here that we don't like, we're just not going to preach on it ever again. We're not going to talk about it ever again. I feel like sometimes you take a, a Sharpie and you just go in there and you're like, I don't like that verse. I don't like that, I don't like that chapter. I don't like that, I don't like that book, you know. They kind of watered it down, and, and, and they just changed their methods and everything. They said, hey, we're just going to open ourselves up to everything. We're just going to you know, open hearts, open minds, open doors, open to everything in our culture. And they thought, that will broaden our appeal. It will grow our base. And for about a year or two, they saw a little bit of an uptick. And now, 20 years later, they're the fastest declining denomination in the United States. Why? Why? It's because they didn't stand firm on the word of truth. They decided, hey, we're gonna water it down. Maybe that'll get more people. No. It's deception. We need to stand firm on the truth and we need to not be afraid to share the entirety of truth with people. And I know sometimes you're like, but it'll scare them away. Their life, they are so lost. They're so buying into the lies of this culture and of this world that if I tell them the truth, they're going to run. I mean, it is not popular to tell people. Hey, negate your sensual desires. They just can't. To ask them to stay in a marriage where they're not really happy and it's a struggle and it's not roses and skipping through the flowery fields all the time. It's not popular to ask people to not live in the same house and share the same bed that's supposed to be reserved for marriage. That goes against the culture. ah. The scripture is clear on these things. And our tendency as a church sometimes is to water down the truth, dilute the message, to try to broaden the appeal to people. But the sad truth is the watering down has the exact opposite effect than we think it will have. Plus, it doesn't have God's honor in it. Because what you actually need to know is that people are hungry for the real thing. I think now, and more, more than any other time, that once, at least since I've been alive, people want to know the truth. Even if it hurts, even if it steps on their toes, even if it's one of those things that makes them uncomfortable, even if they've woefully fallen short of God's standards in their life, they're like, speak the truth. And maybe they'll repent, they'll turn to God, and they'll decide, you know, Jesus is my Savior and my Lord. I'm going to accept his grace and forgiveness, and I'm going to start a new life. I'm going to leave leave that destructive life. I'm going to leave that house built on the foundation of sand, and I'm going to go God's way in life. But here's the fact as we close this morning. It's not enough to just tell the truth. It's not enough to speak the truth to people. We as Christians are also called to live the truth because you need to remember this as you're bringing truth to people. A person's message, the truth of the gospel, will always be heard in the context of their character. A person's message will always be heard in the context of their character. And so it is so important that we don't just tell the truth to people, but that we live the truth out. Because there's so many people that they don't, wanna, they don't wanna hear a sermon, but they'd love to watch a Christian with conviction that actually believes this and they get to witness the change that it's had in that person's life. That's what makes Christianity attractive to the lost and dying world, is the Christian that says, yeah, I know the truth, but guess what, I actually live it. I'm actually, I'm crazy enough, I'm gonna do what it says. I think this is really appropriate for us to start As we begin this series in Titus, and you read those first four verses and you see this emphasis on the truth, that we acknowledge and say God is our source of of truth. God is our God and we will affectionately pursue what he wants for our lives. I wanna end this morning by just reading the passage to you again. Let it sink in in the conversation that we've just had this morning. Paul a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ to further the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness. They know that truth. that leads to godliness in what? In hope of what? Eternal life, which God, who does not lie, you can count on him. God who does not lie promised before the beginning of time, in which now at this appointed season, Paul says, he is brought to light through the preaching entrusted to me by the command of God our Savior. And then he says to Titus, my true, to Titus, my true son in our common faith, grace that can only come from Jesus and peace that can only come from Jesus, from God the Father and Christ Jesus our saviour.